0: Welcome to Tiger Paw Radio, the podcast that tackles all the challenges and opportunities of channel convergence. If you provide managed IT, managed print, VoIP, security, or other technology-driven services for your customers, this podcast is for you. Tiger Paw Radio, exploring channel convergence, one stripe at a time. Well, hey everybody, it's Wes McDonald here. I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of TigerTube. And if you can't see us, if you can only hear us, it mean, you're listening on Tiger Paw Radio. So thank you very much for that as well. And before we go any further, please make sure to subscribe below. And if you like this video, please give it the thumbs up and make sure you share it with your network as well. So super stoked uh, on today's topic. Obviously the Office Equipment Channel has been going through a lot of changes over the last, I would say 10 years, accelerated through the pandemic. And uh, obviously with AI being all the rage now, there's just so many things that are happening. Uh, that dealers in the OffSquidman channel are looking uh, to find ways to diversify their businesses. And there's lots of ways for them to do that. The way that we're going to talk about today is one that I think is a home run. And I'm very fortunate to have two folks on the call today uh, who are actually both engaging in this and can help you better understand what the opportunity looks like. Uh, So without further ado, nobody knows better than uh, than yourself. So Mark Hart and Jim George, if you could please introduce yourselves. And Jim, we'll start with you.
1: Yeah, hi, my name is Jim George. I'm the president of Donald McCarthy Enterprises uh, based out of Cincinnati. Uh, We're in five states, I believe 10 10 different offices, which will apply to what we're talking about today.
0: Okay, that's great. I appreciate being here. And uh, Mr. Mark Hart.
2: Yeah, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Mark Hart. I'm the vice president of business development here at ACDI and uh, headquarters down in Benton, Arkansas. But I live in Lexington, Kentucky, just down the road from Jim. And uh, very happy to be with you today, West. I
0: appreciate it. And hey, let's dive right in. And I'm going to get right to the heart of the matter. A lot of folks out there that are going to be watching this or maybe read the sort of intro are going to say, what the heck are we talking about, right? Given the current landscape of the off off-squibbon channel, what on earth makes EV charging stations a viable offering for dealers, you know, particularly since your experience has been with uh, copiers and printers? And Mark, as ACDI is actually uh, offering the service to the dealers, maybe we'll get you to start the answer to that question.
2: Yeah, so you know when we start looking at the the EV chargers into this space, you know we we get questions all the time. Still, you know, hey, you know, there's why do these fit? Why why do we think um, that the landscape of the office equipment channel fits for this um, for this product? I, I had a major OEM come up and say, hey, we we tried to sell uh, laptops and other other things in the channel, just it, it's just not successful. Why do you think you guys going to be successful? And I think You know, Wes, you mentioned it earlier, the pandemic has forced a lot of companies to look at other businesses to see how they can expand uh, with with the decline of print and and what's happened over the last few years. And so when you look at an EV charger, it it really, the simplest answer is it's a piece of hardware that requires an annual maintenance and support contract. And a reoccurring revenue with software, so we feel like that snaps into the model that we see exist today. Is that going to change? Absolutely. Is the is the cost per page going to move into a cost per electric or cost per minute charging? Right, and the corollaries there we think is going to be a, a really good model for the future. But we think that the the down the street business and having um, uh, wonderful companies such as Donald McCarthy uh, out there calling on their customers and saying, hey, as we sell you, not just printers, right? I mean, these guys are looking at more technology than just printers and copiers anymore. They're looking at uh, security camera systems. They're looking at office um, um, automation, right? Different different ways. And so we think that when they say, hey, let's put a EV charger or two out in front of your location, whether it's a, a commercial business or whether it's a retail location, uh, it just makes sense. They're already selling there. Why not give them another uh, piece of technology?
0: Yeah, I think you said something key there. They're already selling there, right? And that's one of the things that I've always liked about uh, diversification strategies that are, that are a better fit for what we already do and the people we already have, right? So is there an adjacency? And I feel that there is. And Jim, maybe you can tell me from a dealer perspective how you feel about that. Is there an adjacency? Uh, do you feel that it is a fit for you know, your existing customers, you know, et cetera?
1: Yeah, so I've been in the industry for quite some time, and I think uh, diversifying and, and looking at different opportunities is, is something we have to do. I mean, print is declining. There's, there's no hiding behind that. And I've, I've, I've been through several launches, several pitches of different things we can do. Um, we do the laptops as well. We're not very good at them. So I I look at everything and and, and just try to analyze it and ensure that it will not damage our business. So when I heard about this EV um, stations in the beginning, I was just like, what is that? That doesn't even make sense to me And until it did. You know, I I, I went through a quite extensive, I would say, research of the 3D printing model and, you know, heard some, some dealerships with some success in it. But I was extremely reluctant to get into it. At first, it sounded really cool. And then I watched uh, something being printed in 3D and had to come back the next day to see the final product. And I was yeah. just like, wow, that's that's just too slow for me. And I, I I don't see it. So I never really jumped into that market, even though I had some of my sales guys. We got to have that or we're going to fail. And I'm like I I think we're going to fail if we have that. When when I started um, researching this, you know, this opportunity, having actual power stations and how that would make sense to us, it made absolute sense. And then the recent trip to Europe solidified it. Um, So what made sense to me is when you look at they have apps online, you can look for uh, charging stations, whether you're with Tesla or anyone else. And it is amazing, first of all, that there are so few of them, unless you're out in California in in, in real, real dense areas, but there are very few of them. So there's a great opportunity there, firstly, but there's also a bigger problem. A lot of these things are down. They are, you can drive up to them. And when you find them, they're down or they're not working correctly. To fix these units is extremely easy disconnect the power, open the top. There, There's no moving parts. You're not going to get shocked or whatever. So it's a real easy learning curve for our technicians who are already all over, all over the city. So we can provide them with a the response time. Currently, there really isn't anybody to contact. When you pull up to an EV station, you plug it in, and it's only giving you half the power or it decides just not to power on or it's just not working in general there you can look all over the machine for a number to call or anything trust me no one's coming you're on your own so you might be you limping your way to the next station hoping that it works so i saw that as a great opportunity we, we all have all these technicians out there and this can be a very fast service call so that was one thing, service contract, it applies to our industry. Then when we look at the electricity that they're downloading, you can mark that up. Once again, there's my clicks just to apply it to, to that world. Now, what I don't want to be in is, you know, a general contractor, an electrician, or or any of those things. So that's where we send that work once it's set up. We monitor monitor it um, at our location. But I just saw it as a great opportunity to, you know, grow. While I was in Germany, that's where it just sealed the deal. I was sitting there with my wife. We were sitting in a marketplace that I have been for many years. And I looked around and literally every single building had EV stations on them. Every, whether commercial or residential, so they're way ahead of the curve. And if you look at all those studies, you can kind of see where where Europe is. But that that was that, that that sealed the deal for me. And then what what brought it a step further when I look at, you know, our fleet vehicles having over 60 cars out there in, in, in the in the area here, I said, wait a minute, this might even apply to me personally as a company and so that's those are the steps i'm taking right now i've actually ordered some ev uh, vehicles and then i have these multiple locations that's where i said it would apply here looking at all these missed areas that we're actually servicing right now why not have two or three charging stations that i can generate revenue off of in three months and it's 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 helping the community no matter what, and it gives us another conversation. And it makes it so easy for our reps to to talk about it when we're using it and do it in ourselves. Now, we have some technicians, they're driving hundreds of miles a day. They're probably not a candidate currently for total EV because I need them going. Um, But all of our local guys in in the city hubs and the centers and, and things like that, I, I I think I'd be a mess if I didn't uh approach it that way. So we we're 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 all in. Um Yeah,
2: ACDI- Jim, I
1: love I love what you said there, right? I mean, you know,
2: when we started ACDI <clears throat> looking at this space, we took a trip to Europe because you're right, they're so much further ahead of where we are. And and when you said Germany, I I, Germany was one of the places that we we went to, right? So currently today, there's eighty five thousand public charging ports in Germany. There's only fifty one thousand in all of the United States, right? So if we relate that correlation to size, right? I I did some research, right? The U.S. is twenty eight times larger than Germany, okay? (laughs) But we're behind. Now, if we take a step back and say, all right, what's the our biggest rival in China? China has one point nine million public charging ports. The US has 51,000. Okay. So there's a lot of room for growth. Back to what Jim is saying, all these areas, these service areas, people are, we're going to catch up and we're going to catch up quickly. And we're going to, you know, it's, it has to, that's the, the world is going this way.
0: I love those numbers. And, you know, it, it really ties back, uh, like, because I am such a big believer in these related services, right. That, you know, that our, our people can do already. And this sounds like a home run, right. It sounds so much to me, Jim, when you were talking about uh, being able to service some of these existing devices out there because nobody's taking care of them. What a goldmine that was for us in the managed print days, you remember? Like nobody was taking care of their printers. IT would buy them. People would just put them over there. They'd print. IT would order the toner. Very frustrating. And what a goldmine. It sounds like that's the same kind of thing going on with electric chargers.
1: Yeah, and it's it's only going to grow. I mean, we're looking at by the year 2030, over half the vehicle's manufactured in the United States are going to be electric vehicles so the flood's coming but I don't think we're quite prepared for it and I want to do everything that I can to to get a piece of that and also to learn from it you know I I'm passionate about learning on a daily basis and and this, this is just awesome. I think it's, and I was one of the naysayers, like I'm not getting a battery car or whatever. And, <laughs> and what are they going to do with the fuel sale when it's done and all, all the same things, you know, there, there still are a lot of issues that underlying issues that, that the United States has to do, especially pertaining to our power grid. Mm. You know, We, we technically need an investment of 20 to $30 billion a year to get get ready for that, that 2030 mark when there will be EV stations everywhere because they have to be. Now, I'm not looking at the residential areas. I don't want to go into somebody's house and put up a little pea shooter or whatever. You know, in my eyes, that's the miniature printer. Maybe that's a, a market <laughs> in itself later on as a service provider. But right now I think we, we really need to look at the, the production, all of your commercial buildings out there they will need them, every single one of them. And that's been the benefit to, here at DME. We have some very large customers. And one of them in particular has several hundred hotels around the U.S. And if you go to hotels right now, they, they don't have them. Well, we have all the decision-making right here in our area. And right away, they said, all right, with 20 of them, let's just test fire four Per location, we know we have to do it. If that works, we'll just keep expanding from there. I told them about hotels I saw in California where there were twenty power stations already there. So it's growing. It's it's coming, uh, and that's why I'm I'm all in and passionate about it. I love it,
0: and and I know that uh, before we talked about this uh, idea, you mentioned it that we obviously have some work to do to make sure that the grid's ready. Uh, some infrastructure investment um, is the government currently putting some dollars towards that? Like, what kind of things are you seeing for that? And Mark, maybe you can start that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'll step in there. And and Jim is right. You know, there there's a lot of um, thoughts about hey, are, are we going to bring the grid down? We hear about California all the time. You know that that they're having power outages and and things. So we uh, we what what I love about it today is with the software. You know, and, and that's what makes it a, a viable product is that we can um, we can we can set it to uh, charge only at specific times. So it can actually communicate with the grid to know when is the best time to charge and, and when is the best time to say, hey, let's wait because the, the, the grid's being overloaded right now. And so, you know, that it's going to help in the interim be able to to really understand what what that consumer should do, whether they're at a retail location, a business organization or even at home. So uh, we're going to see more happen solar, uh, more hydropower stations that are that are helping supplement the grid that's out there. But yeah, absolutely there's a big investment happening.
0: Well, and I was just curious, I thought there was some actual numbers from the government as well, saying that for either customers or dealers that are, you know, uh, investing in chargers, isn't there some kind of, what do you call it? Um, uh,
2: rebates? Yeah, rebates. rebates. Absolutely. Grants. Okay. There's grants and rebates. There's, you know, the the whole $1 trillion infrastructure bill that's out there right now. I mean, there's $7.5 billion sitting out for EV chargers. The first $5 billion was slated for in, interstates. Right. And and, and your major corridor type of environments, the next two and a half billion that was released just a couple months ago. It's for underprivileged communities. They're looking to get EV chargers out um, into to outlying counties like Jim mentioned before. Right. Under underserved communities because people are traveling through there cars are going to be, uh, um, you know, more prevalent the EV chargers. Um, you're you're gonna Amazon vans and FedEx vans and stuff. I mean that are getting packages out. I mean the way our whole world is moving to on-demand delivery, you know, EV is going to play play a big part in that.
0: Yeah, I think so. And it's got to be a big attractive thing both for uh, dealers looking to get into the EV market uh, to be able to get some of those rebates and and tax credits as well, right? And and that can't happen very often in a business, right? This has got to be a you know
2: a good opportunity to do that. Yeah, um, and it's, it goes beyond the government. Wes, sorry to interrupt there, because yeah. there, there are incentives uh, from the federal government. There are incentives from the local power co-ops. I mean, the power companies are wanting people to put EV chargers in, of right? <laughs> I mean, you, you think of how many years people have been using less and less power. Oh, this is energy star compliant. This is that, you know, this is a new wave of technology asking for power. You know, here in Kentucky, people's like, you know, what are we going to be driving? My buddy sent me a picture of a coal car. And said hey this is our ev cars i said it is because it's still coal-fired plants for electricity in kentucky right it's it's driving that need for electricity so the there's rebates from the electrical companies local governments state governments there's even uh if you guys will remember the whole volkswagen issues years past with the catalytic converters and they were manipulating the data from that volkswagen mm-hmm. were fined billions of dollars they had to put that billions of dollars toward ev chargers so every state got a pool of money that they could use toward putting out ev chargers so those are those are other incentives and what we have uh, available at acdi we we have it available to our dealers is you can you can plug in the location that you are uh, looking to put an ev charger and we can tell you every rebate that is available for that particular area so you can go out and maximize your dollars come on that's almost, awesome so they don't yeah, even the have devices are getting good. paid for
0: yeah. They don't have to hunt for any of that. That is yeah. beautiful. Well, how do I get into this business? <laughs> wow. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Jim. We'll talk after and, I love um,
1: it. Yeah,
0: but you know, for dealers out there, what kind of challenges do you think that, you know, they're going to encounter? Cause Jim, I mean, you're a, an early adopter, I would say, you know, for this model, what kind of, you know, challenges can they expect as they move through this?
1: Well, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily see them as challenges. It's kind of like when we went from the Razor to the smartphones or the BlackBerry, then the smartphones. It's it's adapting to change and then uh dealing with certain mindsets of ah, I'm not, you know, we don't need that yet. And I, I'm big into think about what you have in your infrastructure. When all right, here's the best example. If you need an electrician today to come to your house and, hey, I need you to put up a new panel and rewire all of this, how many electricians do you find that are going to come out there? So there's certain jobs that are very hard to, to find. So what you, you want to do is you want to get together with a good contractor that can can handle it A to Z without shopping them out because that's what we t- tend to do is like well i'll just hire in three four five and lowest bid's gonna get it well they're gonna quote on that one time and i'm a big guy like what's what's my best price you know it's well you play that game with these guys they don't come back they're not gonna hold <laughs> yeah. another job so making sure you understand that and then being able to to you know, really show a customer on, hey, you can be generating income or have this paid off within six months. It makes sense to do this, you know? And it makes sense to be one of the first ones to do it. So that's why it's important for me to do it at our locations. And in I, not to be in a dream world or or anything like that, but some of my locations, they're storefronts. It's Mm -hmm. gonna drive in additional revenue there you know, I don't. I don't want people walking into my corporate office and asking where the coffee's at or anything, because they're charging their car. <laughs> but at some of these other facilities, they they are storefronts and and they are doing not just the the traditional uh, printing business, but they have supplies and things like that. So it's going to show us what we can enhance on that gives that customer a better experience while we're getting clicks from his vehicle. He's in the store giving me additional revenue. So uh I don't see it as a problem. I just see it as a big, big change. And you know, I I, I talk to people in our industry, and trust me, I've heard the major naysayers like, uh slow down with that. And and um, even with uh electricians, are they unionized or not? And I said, I'm not hiring electrician, I'm <laughs> yeah. definitely not gonna. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get into that business. Otherwise, I've got gold chains, watches. What else do you need? I see the way this business directly coincides with what we do now. We have have the hardware sale. We have the service contract. I have the clicks. We're moving ahead. So the biggest thing is the adoption rate. The reps are what scares me is, you know, you throw a screw when they start seeing something new, shiny. Yes and the the first three weeks all of a sudden <laughs> every conversation every single lead was all EV. yeah and, and that's how most sales reps are they go through training and they they see something and they're like wow this is awesome and you know they get sold by by us because we're we're the adopter of it and it's like hey no this is an add-on this is a conversation with your best customers The ones that love you to death, go out there and have that conversation and then show them. So I think as we get them set up at our locations, it's going to be even better to to bring a customer out, give them a cup of coffee and show them what we have, you know, and how we have it set up and how it could look at their facility. And the way ACDI has set up the packaging on it, um, working with uh, Great America, there's there's just a great opportunity to to show a customer a, a, a fairly small payment that pays for itself, and you're doing something for the environment and tapping into those that trillion dollars that is being floated out there, not the whole trillion, but at least billions of it. That's gonna do us all well.
0: I love it. Yeah. And there's two, there's two things there. One was obviously on the electrician side. You know, I've gone through that myself. Right when we bought this home. We fully renovated and went from a, a 50 amp panel, if you can believe that, uh, to a 200 amp panel, right, and then rewiring oh, yeah. the, the house and everything else. And there is no negotiating right now with an electrician. I mean, that was just, it's time, right? Um, so I, I get that piece. I guess the other piece is, do you really want to hold on to that? Because it's DC power, right? Like that's a whole other licensing thing and everything else. And and my understanding from correct, you guys can correct me, that th- that's their responsibility, right? That They have to be
2: licensed for that kind of stuff. Yes, it is. It yeah. is, right? So there's two different models that we're selling. We're selling AC chargers and DC chargers. Okay. Okay. So the majority of what we're looking at is the AC model, to be honest. Uh, so the DC are the fast chargers, the the ones that you're going to see, the Tesla models that are sitting out there that are going to charge a car and in 20 minutes right that's really not where we foresee the business it's kind of like think of it as production print not every customer needs a production print in a particular location but everybody needs an mfp copy or printer right so we think the level two which is the ac chargers are are going to win out uh most people are going to be charging at home or in businesses 90 plus percent right so that's that's where we see that and and to back to jim's point you know Early on in my days in this career, we were making the switch from analog to digital. I remember running network cables all over the location, right? I mean, we were bringing in network technicians to run CAT5, CAT6 cabling because it wasn't there. It didn't exist. That's what's happening with the chargers today. Once you run the electric once and you get the, the conduit and things in, in the ground, you can replace it later. That goes back to that servicing model that you both were speaking about. You know, over It's it's showing that a 20 to 25% failure rate on EV chargers today because people are putting them out there, giving them away to get the revenue and not caring about them, not following up because of the rage just to get it out there. So you get the conduit in the ground. Now you got the charger. You can go back and do that reoccurring model. The technology is changing. So instead of a 19.2, it might be a 40 kilowatt changer. It might be as 80 kilowatt. So you just run some new wire, put it in, boom! You gotta you got a new device there. And so that I think Jim Jim's right. He these early adopters. That's what we're hearing. We don't want to get. We don't want to be an electrical contractor. You don't have to, but I guarantee you, you're selling to one or di- or ten in your location. Yeah, right. Work out some deals. You guys do that today with uh, with with other companies. You, you're you're advertising. You're giving away printers to advertise at your your company's logos all over the world you know, give away printer technologies to have them come out and do EV installs for you. So, you know, it's,
0: the- relationships matter, right? Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. You know, and with an electrician, I know that uh, like, I'm actually friends with a, a guy who's kind of rebuilt the whole downtown area of the town that I live in. Right. He bought the land when it was cheap and, you know, started doing all the stuff. And it's almost impossible sometimes to get folks to do jobs because he has that relationship.
2: Yeah. Right.
0: So if I need someone to do a job, I don't, call you know the person i'm trying to get the job i call him (laughs) because he can tell me when are they free when are they not working for you right and it sounds Jim like that's what you're you're talking about as well as you get that relationship with that you know contractor make sure that you're first in line to get them when you have them right
1: well there's i mean the trade skills have been falling off for the last 20 years it's been a mad dash to the university which has gotten us into a whole different uh era of you know, college debt. So and in the meantime, we where are plumbers, where are electricians, where there's a lot of these really great trades that we're kind of missing out on. That's why I just warn you, do not try to shop these guys out. They're a one and done. If you if you put them into into that scenario, they are so busy they do not need your business. But if they see that you have a reoccurring business theme, they're going to work with you. Make sure you stick with that. Otherwise, you will get burnt and punished.
0: Yeah. And I got to think too that if I was an electrician, I would be really attracted to it because the kind of work that I'd be doing would be pretty consistently the same. Right. As opposed to, you know, the nightmares of going to people's homes and stuff and trying to figure out what's in the walls and how they got the two by four set up and it's, uh, I feel sorry for the, the electrician that was crawling, you know, under my crawl space right it's like those kind of things like man if I could work for, you know, DME and consistently get these kind of jobs, I'm, I'm doing it right. Hey, um, and we're running out of time so I do want to, you know, kind of finish up here with some thoughts uh, for folks out there right. And, you know, given the growth uh, in electric vehicle use, how do you see the market for EV charging stations evolving, let's say, over the next five to 10 years? And I know that's a hard, you know, prediction, but, you know, and you've mentioned it a bit, Jim, already that it's time to, you know, position yourself earlier. But what what do you both see the next five to 10 years looking like for this opportunity?
1: I think Mark would have more statistics, but I'll just say, think about Europe. Think about what's happening in China. Um, cell phones were out in Hong Kong way before I remember being back in the Navy and they all had cell phones I was like what the heck <laughs> and they didn't even exist anywhere else but for them it was totally normal so as much as you know we're the front runner like with the Tesla and things like that it doesn't mean we're always the fastest at adopting things but it is coming I think that um, you know the different, grants and rebates that are out there. They're out there for a reason is that we are going to EV vehicles. Every single manufacturer now is designing or making EV cars. You know, it's, it's, there's no hiding from it. So what are the percentages? I mean, I could, I could throw anything up against the wall. It's, I I know one thing it'll double every year, no matter what, that's the opportunity.
0: Give me that kind of growth. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, Martin?
2: <laughs> Yeah, it, it's going to grow. I mean, the, the, you look at the investment back to what Jim is saying, you look at the investment into the big three with what GM, Chev- you know, Chevrolet, Ford, uh, what Tesla's already done, what Toyota is doing into this space. Um, I live just a couple of miles from the largest Toyota man- manufacturing facility here in North America. And they've been, been spending the last two years retooling it for EV vehicles. So they're, they're putting their money all in, you know, Jim, Jim's right. I love stats. You know, I I, I told you guys earlier that there's like 51,000 public ports in the U S by 2030 to meet that standard of what the U S says uh, we need 28 million. Oh, wow. public ports, right. 28 million public ports. That's not in your homes, right? That's not in private locations. That's 28 million to keep up with the demand of where, uh, the, the spike and everything that's going on into the, uh, U S market today. So, and, and West to give you a little bit too, your Canadian market is growing exponentially as well, right? You guys are about half the size of the U S as far as public ports right now, but we see that continuing to grow. You guys are a, a very green nation, green conscious, yeah. and, uh, it's, it's going to continue to grow as well, um, up in the Canadian market.
0: Well, that's great. Yeah. And, uh, You know, I I do know that I'm seeing more uh, Teslas and more Ford F-150 Lightnings and more Rivians on a daily basis than I've ever seen. Right? It's not just like one or two more; uh, they're everywhere. So, gentlemen, I cannot thank you enough for uh, giving me your time today uh, to talk about this opportunity and to share your insights for what you're doing uh, with the rest of our channel. It's one thing I love about these interviews is being able to, you know, obviously lift the channel, give people some fresh ideas on how we can move forward, and most importantly, grow. So. And for all of our listeners out there, I want to thank you as well for tuning in. If you were watching or listening, thank you very much. And don't forget to subscribe like this episode. And if you can, you can visit our resources page to find more learning content designed to help you better your business so you can sleep better at night. And until next time, keep learning. And so we come to the end of another exciting episode of Tiger Paw Radio. If you'd like to listen to more great learning content to help you grow your business, please be sure to visit www.tigerpod.com and click on the resources tab. You can also subscribe to your favorite podcast platforms to be sure you never miss another episode. And until next time, keep learning, keep growing and keep that inner tiger strong.